The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Wastelanders, vault dwellers, uh, raiders. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. So today's episode is another weird one. Uh, this is another episode where it's just me and you guys. So hopefully this is fun. Um, if you liked the last one that I did by myself, then hopefully you will also enjoy this one. Um, today we're talking about another nightkin. We're going to talk about dog or god. Dog god. God dog however however you want to put it so this is a character from um a dlc for fallout new vegas right so we've talked about some of the other nightkin from fallout new vegas and a lot of you were saying that you wanted to hear about this one you know before we kind of close off this section of you know this this category <laughs> for the podcast so this is another one of um the master's nightkin or or was one of the master's nightkin right and just like you know, the other nightkin that we've talked about, um, dog or God, I guess both, they suffer from uh, dissociative identity disorder. And this was caused by a combination of stealth boy abuse, unsurprisingly, as well as dealing with the loss of unity and the lack of purpose that comes with, you know, losing, losing your master, right? And so dog really left uh his service left his role um pretty downtrodden and in a really dark place right so let's talk a little bit more about dog and kind of kind of where his headspace is at because i I think it's really interesting and it's similar to um what we were talking about with davison and antler where having a lack of purpose uh alongside some sort of addiction can really just make things spiral out of control right and you see that here you see uh a a really interesting inner conflict but we'll get to that in a second first let's talk a little bit more about about dog about what dog looks like so similar to lily bowen who we talked about before um dog is shorter than the average super mutant of course (laughs) he is still a nightkin so he's still very large very tall definitely taller than humans absolutely um and a a funny little factoid is that so when when dog right so dog has disassociative identity disorder which is just like we've talked about before you know you, you see these multiple personalities you see these alternate personalities in these nightkin um dog and god are the personalities that this nightkin has and dog is the host right so that is who um i guess you consider to be the the original host of this body um dog is what was created when this person was turned into a nightkin um and when dog is fronting which fronting if you're talking about dissociative identity disorder uh fronting is when a certain personality is taking charge essentially right so they're the one talking they're the one 
maneuvering around. Um, and when they're up front, it means that sometimes the other ones, maybe they don't know what's happening at all, right? You can, you can co-front, I think is what it's called, when you have more than one, um, kind of uh, acting at the same time or, you know, co-piloting. <laughs> but so in this case, when, when Dog is fronting, Dog is 10% smaller than he is when God is fronting. Uh, which is which is pretty interesting, and like I said, in general, he is still a pretty small super mutant, um, but no less deadly, of course, right? He is a nightkin, so yeah, pretty interesting. And as far as personality goes, Dog really is about as cut and dry as you can get when it comes to thinking of what a nightkin might be like, or just a super mutant in general, right? This is a barbaric uh, creature, humanoid, <laughs> who just has an endless need to kill or maim and to torture. Um, and this is most likely due to a combination of being turned into a nightkin and the conditioning done um, when working under Unity. And this has left a lasting effect on him because now that Dog is free, you know, essentially to do anything that he wants, he continues to just want to slaughter and possibly eat anyone and anything he can. Um, so that's it's pretty interesting. It makes me wonder, is it is it cannibalism if a super mutant eats a human? Right? If super mutants were originally human, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> so dog and god are they're interesting they are kind of opposite ends um uh two sides of a coin if you will um they they would like to have very different lifestyles right so dog is just ruthless um whereas god is much calmer and doesn't want to just be torturing people and doing terrible things all the time. He wants to be calm and collected and thoughtful, uh, which I, I'm sure you can imagine if you're a nightkin and half of the time you are just, you know, going around just wrecking everyone's days and then you you switch and suddenly you are kind and you feel guilty, maybe? it's It seems pretty crazy. It'd be really strange to encounter someone like that. Um, in real life, and I'm sure, honestly, maybe not even with uh, dissociative identity disorder, because I, I know that um, any of you who are interested in psychology may be aware that um, multiple personality disorder, which is now considered to be dis disassociative or dissociative identity disorder, um, is not always agreed upon uh, in in psychology as um, a real thing. And so despite plenty of evidence pointing to it being very much a real thing, there hasn't been a whole lot of research put into it yet. Um, and we're starting to see a lot more. And of course, you know, sometimes it takes time. The science, science just takes time and it takes time for it to catch up with um, what becomes common knowledge. And so right now, most of our exposure to things like multiple personalities is through characters like this or villains in movies, um, which is not great because people out there exist like this. And even if you don't have multiple personalities, um, you know, when I mentioned the idea of seeing someone who who really flip flops like this and, and can go from being 
just it's completely ruthless to feeling bad about it right and genuinely wishing that they could live some other way um and this is it's so interesting because i, I imagine you do encounter people like that in real life who maybe do terrible things and then feel just so burdened by it um and then maybe continue to do terrible things and it's it just goes to show that humans are so much more complex than you could ever really even conceptualize um the the duality of man <laughs> you know is so it's so crazy um so yeah so that's that's essentially who who this guy is and when when god is fronting um right so god is the more calm one he wants to believe that he is the host in dog's body right not dog dog is not the one in charge god wants to believe that he is the one calling the shots he was there first right and unfortunately this is not the case um but this is the role that god would like to have he wants to be really the the primary person living in this body unfortunately god doesn't really like um the body that he's in this nightkin body and i think this is interesting because to me this is a representation of probably the difficulty that comes with your your human body being transformed into a non-human creature a, a non-human killing machine right and if that part of your personality still comes back at all and, and what's interesting about nightkin right is that they are made to still have parts of their humanity left because they thought it would make them stronger so if you have your humanity you know, coming out, your conscience coming out and trying to tell you that the things you're doing are bad, then I'm sure that's a, it's a representation of your pre-monstrous self, right? Having just a really hard time coping um, with a new, with a new life, with a new body. And so you see this with God. Um, and the other thing that's interesting about God is that despite this discomfort and despite obviously not agreeing with um dog god really wants to take care of dog <laughs> and dog hates this right so god essentially treats dog as a younger sibling he wants to be a caregiver he wants to make sure that dog is making good choices and protecting the body they share <laughs> um and dog on the other hand hates this just absolutely despises it since he sees god as an unfair authority figure that's keeping him from being himself and doing what he wants to do, which is uh, killing people, essentially, right? And so it's it's definitely a pretty crazy little issue we got there. And the other interesting thing about um, having multiple personalities, and this is this isn't just in real life, but it is in real life. Um, but also, you see it with Dog and God here that when one personality is fronting i mentioned this before that sometimes they can come up together and sometimes it'll have one in the front and others will be kind of in the back it's the idea that is that they're living in your um subconscious and so they're still existing so these personalities they don't just go away they don't just turn off when you're not living through them essentially they're still living they're just not fronting um which is a really interesting concept and not at all what our podcast is about but when it comes to dog, the place that God goes when dog is out 
uh, or the place that dog goes when God is out is referred to as the basement or the cage. And this is just a representation of his subconscious. This is where the personalities go when one of them is is in charge, right? And um, what's interesting about being, you know, existing in a subconscious uh, is that you are not aware of what's going on around you, right? You are existing in a body that is making choices and doing things that are out of your control, and you might not even be aware that anything happened until you come to again, right? So until another personality starts hosting again, you might not even know that anything is wrong. And you see this with people um, in real life that have this disorder. Well, they will essentially feel as though they have blacked out for sometimes even days at a time. and they'll come to again in a completely different place than they were, than they last remember, in completely different clothing, uh, a new hairstyle, right? Maybe they have completely changed to fit the the image, the liking of whoever was fronting. And now you come back and you have no clue what's gone on and your whole life is different, right? So this is a real, it's a real issue. Um, and what's, what's interesting with dog and God is that they will use this to their advantage to keep secrets from each other. And so it's really easy to keep secrets if you don't have to worry about the other person essentially ever being conscious at the same time as you. <laughs> um, and, you know, they, they can communicate with each other. So dog and God do talk and argue and fight uh, with each other. But most of the time, you will get one or the other. Um, so yeah, and like I mentioned, it's, it can be useful to have secrets still. Um, and you know, in God's case, to be able to do things for the betterment of, uh, themselves as, as a unit, um, without dog necessarily realizing that anything is, is changing or wrong or that precautions are being made. Um, but then it goes the other way as well, where dog could do something particularly gruesome and perhaps when God fronts again, he doesn't even realize what he's done, right? And it's, it's very scary to not be aware of what you're doing. And you see this, um, again, in real life. Uh, so this is dissociative identity disorder, but there are other uh, dissociative issues that you can have. This is usually a response to trauma, um, or other kinds of incongruence with with yourself where um if you've ever so this is a a very simple and uh well uh, yeah a very simple version of this but if you've ever been you know just sitting and you know how when you you'll just if you're just waiting around or maybe you're even listening to someone and all of a sudden you just zone out completely and it's not like you're even really thinking about anything else but suddenly you're just you've just drifted away and normally you can see it in people's eyes when they kind of do this you know you ever have an awkward experience where you you kind of zone out and then you come to realizing that you're looking directly at someone and they've noticed right it's it's pretty freaky um that is a, a very minor minor example of dissociation um other examples are if you look at yourself in the mirror and don't recognize yourself or if you look at your hands and you don't feel like they're they're really your like you know you know objectively that they are your hands but right and so imagine being imagine being a super mutant <laughs> number one imagine being a super mutant um but imagine being a super mutant that is just 
dealing with this constantly, just constantly coming in and out of awareness. Uh, it just sounds so, so difficult to me. Uh, and the idea that any of these Nightkin dealing with that is really scary. But what's different from, in my opinion, what's different about Dog is that he doesn't really have anyone else. And it's it's part of his problem. And so you see with, with Davison, he has a whole group of other Nightkin with him. With um, Tabitha, she created essentially a cult following, right? But with Dog, he so desperately uh, wants a sense of purpose again, wants another master, wants someone to work for, something to work towards, um, and also an ability. He wants, uh, he wants the freedom, if you will, to do terrible things um, and uh, do it as much as he wants. And so it's just, it's a, it's a crazy time over in, in Dogland. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. Alrighty, I'm going to take a moment to do the middle of the show, and I've never done this before, so bear with me. Um, I don't know actually what to say here, but I do know that I want to thank our patrons. You guys are amazing. Like, I truly am flabbergasted and just, just truly in shock that you, any of you appreciate the podcast enough to give even a dollar. Like, it honestly blows my mind, and... There just there aren't enough words. There are not enough words in the English language. I'm gonna start learning other languages to express how much it blows my mind that any of you donate and are just so kind. You know, even even those of you that listen and have been listening since before I've been on here. You know, just the following that this has and the incredible people that um, I've gotten to meet through doing this podcast. Is, has truly changed my life. And so I just wanted to say thank you because normally I don't do these little middle parts, but I feel the love. I feel the love and I want to make sure that you guys do too because we really, really, really do appreciate you. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. Okie dokie. So moving forward, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Dead Money DLC, right? I mentioned that this is all from an, a New Vegas DLC, and it is super cool. So what I'm going to try to do is not spoil too much of it. Um, and for the most part, just talk about dog, right? Or God, or <laughs> both of them. Um, and just kind of talk about their role in the situation and the different outcomes that can happen in relation to dog as a character right so i'm not gonna be talking about dead money as a whole if you want that we can do that in the future um i'm not sure if it's been done before but i don't want to spoil all of it because it is really cool and i can 100 put my stamp of approval on it because i played it the other day very exciting so if you haven't played it yet and you are interested in playing it this is your sign to go play it um and also you're welcome they're not spoiling everything <laughs> uh but on the other side of all of this this money this game this money nope uh, dead money is the name of it <laughs> this game um has been out for a good a good long while now and so in terms of information regarding dog i'm, I'm not really holding back um but you know 
it's a lore podcast. There's going to be spoilers, I suppose. <laughs> so let's talk about Dog. Let's talk about meeting Dog. So when you first meet him, he is locked inside of a cell in a police station. And you're there because you want to recruit him for Father Elijah. And Elijah is a former Brotherhood of Steel elder who wants to destroy the NCR. Um, and Elijah hears about the abandoned Sierra Madre Resort, which is a resort that never had a proper opening. It was supposed to be this just beautiful, amazing resort that everyone would want to go to, you know, the vacation spot in the area. Uh, brand new, fantastic, and unfortunately, the bombs drop. And many people uh, were there. It never had a proper opening because it didn't get to stay open. Um, but there were people who, I'm not sure if it was for a grand, a grand opening party or, because I know that's a theme of a lot of them, I'm not sure if they got stuck during a grand opening party or these were people that worked there. Um, but when the bombs dropped, the resort locked itself down, right? And that meant that it locked a lot of people inside, um, people that were, were visiting, I think, for the opening. And... This is, this is dangerous. Um, many of them died, unfortunately. Uh, many at the hands of each other. And, you know, just struggling to survive makes you do crazy things. Um, and years after the bomb drop, but not long enough after that people weren't still trying to live in this area or people weren't still stuck in the resort because people were certainly still surviving inside of the resort, the Sierra Madre began spewing this this red toxic gas which just killed everyone killed anyone attempting to survive that didn't have access to protection and so the only people left in this area are what are, what are referred to as ghost people and these are people who live in the toxic gas they live in the cloud as it is referred to this this red cloud um and they they live in hazmat suits and they are considered to be very dangerous and are known for kidnapping people that try to walk through and around the resort. So this is a very dangerous place, but the appeal is that because it never really opened and because it locked down when the bombs dropped, it is essentially, despite uh, people trying to survive in it and the toxic gas, other than those two things, it is essentially brand new. And so it's like a, what is it called? A time capsule, right? Of time, of, of pre-war, of pre-war life, um, or what the, the height of pre-war life it was supposed to be, right? This is a beautiful resort. Um, and so rumors of the Sierra Madre being home to plenty of pre-war supplies, resources, furniture, and other treasures, who knows what, um, had spread across the wasteland. And it wasn't uncommon to hear people bragging about knowing a way in or having maps and using it as leverage to get food or shelter from curious adventurers. Um, it was, it's pretty common in the Mojave, apparently, that you could go and stumble across one in a bar and they might try to convince you uh, to help them out for in exchange for information on the Sierra Madre. Um, and the idea here is that there is, there's a vault, right, at the Sierra Madre where, where all the goodies are hidden. And Elijah that I mentioned before hears about all these rumors and wants to break in. 
because he wants to find what is in this vault. He wants to put the rumors to rest. He wants to know what is in there. What is so fantastic that legends have been told about this resort, right? So in order to get inside, he's going to need a team. He's not able to do it by himself. And this is where you come in. You have been asked to, if you'd like to help him, you can go and confront, I believe, three other people. Uh, one of those is Dog, and you want these people to help you out. And so in order to convince Dog, you have to go visit him. Um, and like I mentioned, he is locked in a cell in a police station. And when you give the proposal to Dog, this is honestly right up his alley, right? Dog has always wanted to have someone to believe in and to work for, and losing uh, the master in his past is what drove him further into his mental illness. Um, and that makes him, you know, all the more eager to uh, violently <laughs> cling to a new master. And um, so you, if you know anything about dog going into this, uh, for example, if you've listened to a podcast episode uh, for a podcast that talks about Fallout lore and they've mentioned something like this, which is totally something that podcasts that talk about Fallout lore would talk about, this is getting really meta. Um, <laughs> if you know anything about Dog already, when you're going into this, you would know uh, his history, I suppose. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, but if your first introduction to Dog is meeting him in this cell, then you really don't know if he wants to help you out or not, but you do know that you're going to try your hardest to convince him. So you're provided with two holotapes. And one is instructions from Elijah, and this is used to get Dog to front. Um, if you would like God to front instead, then you have to play a recording of himself telling Dog to get back in the cage. And so you can choose whether you want to talk to Dog or God. And obviously, uh, given, given his personality, Dog is of the most use to Elijah since he's fiercely loyal and happy to accept any challenge as long as the reward is is worth it in his eyes, right? Um, particularly if he's asked to do something gruesome. God, on the other hand, doesn't want to help Elijah at all and would much rather escape and be free. And so you get to decide if you even want to put him through this or not, right? Based on your gameplay, these are it's it's crazy how many more decisions go into these quests than just dialogue options. Because at any point you could be playing a quest and come across something like something like this. Um, and if you know enough information about it, you know that there isn't necessarily one good answer. And that's enough, I think, to make some people put the controller down. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've heard stories of people, I mean, we talked about it in our, in our, like, moral dilemmas patron episode, where you, every once in a while you confront an issue in these games that you just really, you've realized that you don't, you don't know where you stand or, or what the right thing to do is. Um, and for me, you know, you meet this character and especially, you know, knowing, knowing all the things that I know now about him. It just feels tragic in the same way that all the other night can do as well. They just all feel so tragic to me. So you can choose whether you want to engage with all this, but if you if you get dog out and able to help Elijah again, 
then you're able to take steps towards locating the vault, right? But Elijah is essentially toying with you all because he's completely using you and these three people, which includes Dog, that you are <laughs> have been tasked to recruit um, for his own benefit, right? So Elijah just needs you to do the dirty work, and that involves being attacked by scary hazmat ghost people in a giant red cloud um and involves you having to try and negotiate things with a very mentally disordered super mutant so it's not really the greatest situation um and so you can decide uh, throughout dead money if you want to actually help elijah or not there are many opportunities to get the other recruits that you're working with to side with you more than him um you can also kill them if you would like to, there's lots of possibilities there, but I will let you discover that for yourself or we can talk about it on Discord or whatever. But what we're going to talk about right now is that dog or God are in this scenario where they're helping Elijah and the dog is fiercely loyal, right? And you have to figure out how to get past him to do a little something called fixing three gas valves. And this is very important because obviously one of the major problems here is gas. <laughs> and so you have to get through and and fix the valves. And one valve is pretty accessible, but two of them are in the path that Dog is um, guarding. And if Dog sees you, he will be very upset. And so when you walk in, the first thing you're going to hear is a very, very distraught Dog uh, arguing with the God, right? So it sounds like they're arguing with with themselves i suppose and you get to sneak in and there's there's a few ways this can work you know as always there's a few different options for handling different characters and in this case if you have made it to this point then you've probably either allied or killed the other uh two other people that you've been working with which leaves dog left and he's the only one left to deal with and there's a few things you can do one of them is, well, if you can't figure out how to communicate with him well, which can be difficult seeing as he freaks out if he sees you, then you can just kill him, right? If you're afraid of him ta attacking on sight and you don't know how to handle the situation, then that is always an option is just killing him. But in this case, you kill dog and god. You know, him, he is gone. The entirety of this being as a unit is dead. That is what happens when you kill people. <laughs> um... <laughs> Some of the other options here are you can use the holotape of God talking to dog, telling dog to stand down to convince dog to back down. Um, and this will allow you to talk to, to God who can speak to you calmly and won't just aggro immediately. Alternatively, you can stealthily approach. And if you're lucky, you can you can sneak your way up and then stand up and talk to them. Um, but it, it, is, it is difficult because if he sees you, right, and you aren't sneaky, and gentle, <laughs> and he freaks out. Um, and so alternatively to killing him, you can also just leave him be. Um, if you are able to just completely disregard him and get around him, you can decide to just leave him as he is. And then he continues his life dealing with being both dog and god. And who knows what else as time goes on. I imagine that like other nightkin, it might get worse. Um, if you play your cards right, and if you have 
pretty good speech, I believe, then you can convince him to live his life purely as dog or god. And this is honestly the the craziest part of this decision to me, right? Because this is this gets past all the other other options of a killing versus just being sneaky versus whatever. In this case, this is this is a lot like uh, when we talked about Lily Bowen, who were deciding, you know, which personality does she keep and why. Um, it's exactly like that, because if you let him exist as dog, he will go on an endless rampage against the wasteland and is rumored to wipe to completely wipe small communities off the map. Alternatively, you can just keep God around. And he will be very thankful for it. He'll be very happy that you helped him and he'll talk about how you saved him. And he'll go out into the world uh, traveling around looking for other like-minded, uh, more agreeable super mutants to live around. Which I think is just uh, just clearly the nicest option here. Uh, definitely the sweetest one. Definitely the one with the most benefits for a uh, dog, I believe, because it's going to keep him safe and happier and healthier and probably less angry, <laughs> right? Um, it'll keep other people safe. And after you do all of this, you have to go and, and deal with Elijah. But it's pretty interesting. Um, and if you, in these scenarios where you choose dog or God, um, in both cases, he will leave, right? And he either <laughs> goes out to destroy the world or goes out to discover the world. Um, and I just think that's really cool. So he's a really, really, really neat character. And I'm glad that we got to talk about him a little bit. Um, let us know if you want us to do one that is about dead money as a whole. I guess I'm sure this would make more sense if it was a little bit more in depth. But alas, <laughs> that is Dog God. And... Of course, um, I do my best with these episodes, and it's sometimes it's a little different if I'm doing it completely alone like this, because sometimes I, I type things wrong, right? Or I, um, I'm i looking at too many resources, and then I mix up, you know, what I'm talking about. Sometimes I get something incorrect. It happens. We all know that it happens occasionally. I do my best. Um, but usually, there's an added benefit of bouncing off of robots or bouncing off of the, the live chat, you know, and people correcting as it goes or like reminding me of things, right? Because I take these notes, but of course, some things I'm like, oh, I'll just I'll just remember and then I forget. So if um, if there's anything about this episode that is incorrect, honestly, please uh, call me out. <laughs> um, but alternatively, if everything is fine and you think that this has been a fun, dandy, amazing episode, Feel free to leave a review. Feel free to hang out on the Discord with us and talk to us. Talk about your favorite experience with Nightkin or your favorite DLC for the Fallout games. Whatever you want to talk about, we are happy to talk about with you. I really appreciate you guys. I know this is a weird outro, but I just wanted to let you know that I think you're amazing and I hope you have a fantastic day. And whether you're listening to this on your commute or before you go to bed, or while you're playing Fallout, I hope that it is bringing joy to your life, <laughs> because you deserve it. All right, I'm gonna let you go. Have a wonderful day, you guys. Bye!
To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.